Sykes to the Mel Wright Show. It's episode 288. Yes, it's me, Jonathan Denwood. Unfortunately, Robert can't be with us. He's getting his jab today, so he'll be free of this terrible virus. We've got a returning guest. We've got Ricardo, Ricardo Veno. Bueno. Bueno. <laughs> Ricardo Veno with awesome. us. Awesome. Um, we had a great discussion a few weeks ago. Time is just disappearing, Ricardo, isn't it? I, I have no sense of, of calendar or time. It's just yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That's the only that's the only metric I yeah, use. Yeah, I'm getting a bit like the weeks are just <laughs> kind of they're all the the same, like um, but he you chose you were we invited you back because we really enjoyed our last discussion. Awesome. And we're gonna be discussing a little bit about today's market, but mostly about CRMs. It's a passionate shut subject that a lot of people love to discuss. And Ricardo's got a, a load of knowledge in that particular subject. So let's start off, Ricardo, with this crazy market that we're facing. <laughs> what, got any thoughts? Uh, what's the kind of feedback that you're getting in general about the market? Uh, you know, I have agents that I've been in this industry for 10 years. So I've, I've seen a couple of different markets. I got in just before the subprime market collapse. I have realtors who've who've been through several uh, markets and, and some are saying, you know, this is the craziest one they've witnessed because you have situations where a listing is getting, you know, 18 offers over the weekend or just an, taking no more showings. Like the property just went on the MLS today by the time uh, an agent's trying to schedule a showing for their client, like it's too late. Uh, we're not taking any more showings. So, so properties are are flying off the shelf, so to speak. Agents are um, agents who are representing buyers. You know, buyers' offers aren't getting accepted; they're getting beat out. Agents who um, you have other agents who, in, in in a lot of our markets, you know, low inventory. So, so the challenge becomes: well, how do I get more listings? I, I feel like that's not new. Uh, this whole I need to get more listings. Um, it's just it's just now the pressure's on <laughs> uh, to to try to kind of step it up and level up our marketing. Um, I think that when the market is hot and when things are going well, it's easy to kind of go about your day and go about your business. Um, and it's easy to it's easy to you know it's easy to pick listings or, or like you have a tree, right? It's easy to uh, get the listings or, or pick the fruit at the bottom because um, everything's going really well. But, you know, there's a bunch of really ripe fruit at the top and it's easy to ignore investing and continuing to feed and grow your business. Um, mm. I, I, I think that the messaging that you put out into the market, we need to put a little more thought and tact into it. So, for example, if I'm trying to advertise and generate new listings, um, I'm going to do an ad campaign saying something like, the market is super hot, find out what your home is worth, click the link below. That's not nearly as effective as saying, um, doing like a carousel ad and saying, where will we move with so little on the market to choose from? Where will we move next with so little on the market to choose from? How do we buy? Or how do we sell safely during a global pandemic? Um, what home? What small home improvements can I make uh, to get a, uh, 
to increase the sale or the price on the sale of my home. And in cutting to the realtor, if you're like most people in 2021, these are some of the questions that have popped into your head. Listen to how I helped Ricardo and Ashley find their dream home while safely putting their current home in escrow. If you have any thoughts of moving in 2021, click the link below to find out what your home is worth and get my free report on five simple ways uh, to increase the value of the house of your house without breaking the bank. So which marketing message is, is, is going to resonate more? The, the one where you're saying the market is hot, uh, you know, get your free comparative market analysis or the one where you're literally speaking to the pain points of today's consumer. Well, it's the elephant in the room, you know, either you're going to confront it or mm -hmm. just making out it doesn't exist, ain't going to get you anywhere, is it? Yeah, yeah. So the other challenge is, you know, we talk about everything we do, everything in, we do in sales, like in my role and, and it, really any sales role, you're always building a pipeline. You're always working on marketing, hopefully, <laughs> and building a pipeline. And so when you have business and you get busy, it's easy to forget to do the stuff that is nurturing and building your pipeline. And so in real estate, we always say um, transactions or business lags 90 days, so, so three to six months. What you do now in your marketing is going to come to fruition in three, four, six months from now. Mm -hmm. When you get busy and you have like three transactions that you're juggling, heck, in today's market, you have one listing that you have to present 18 offers on. Trust me, that's cumbersome. I get it. But what happens is when you get busy, you stop doing the daily activities that are meant to be planting seeds and nurturing so that you do have that steady pipeline, you know, 90 days out. So when you forget to do those things, you know, the, the, when you forget to do those things, it's going to be a rude awakening when we get three months out and you're like, whoops, <laughs> what do I do now? Um, and you're, you're, you're struggling to kind of play catch up. So, so the thing that I challenge my agents is ask yourself, um, what can I automate to buy back my time? And so that I am doing those activities, what can I delegate? So, you know, if you're making over a hundred thousand a year, you should have a virtual assistant. Um, there's a lot of misconceptions like, well, they can't do it as well as I can. You know, that's, that's a common one. Um, but being able to outsource to a virtual assistant or, you know, can I eliminate this task? It's a repetitive, annoying, pestering little task. Can I eliminate it so yeah, it's not I think, me down? I think that's fantastic insight. But I would say that you actually need to read up a bit, you know, go to your podcast, you know, read up some of your stuff, other people's about what you got to know before you hire a virtual assistant. Because mm -hmm. I... I've known a lot of very um, skillful agents, they're very successful agents, but they just they just blow through virtual assistants. <laughs> like they get like if they last more than a month, they're lucky. You're, you're lucky. <laughs> um, and um, a lot of it is you got to understand what you've got to provide to allow that virtual assistant to be successful, don't you, yep. I feel? Would yep. you agree with that? Oh, 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm in that situation now. And it's just, you know, what can you do to set that per It's like hiring somebody. What can you do to set that person up for success? And, and um, 
you know, part of that is documenting what it is you do in your day-to-day business. You know, what's your playbook for doing this one task? And then can you uh, successfully translate that to somebody else so that they can pick it up and take it from there? I'm thinking that they're going to do it 100% as well as you isn't realistic, is it? I think you've got to have a a threshold. You know, there's a certain standard that you won't accept. And then there's a certain standard you would accept in maybe the first three months. Mm -hmm. And there may be an improvement after they're bedded down. But if you think these people are going to do be just as good as you, <laughs> where you're, you're cloning you're gonna yourself, <laughs> be, you're going to be disappointed, aren't you? Yep, hundred percent. All right, then. I just thought um, I, I think that was worth worth the asking you that question. So <laughs> let's go on. We've got enough. Uh, let's go on to CRMs, um, and it's. I'm sure it's the question that you've that you are asked the most, and it's definitely the question that Robert and myself, and definitely Robert, um, because he has written so much about CRMs, um, yep. is that we're always asked, "What what is the best one, Ricardo? What is the best one?" Um, how do you respond to that? Because I know the way I respond to it, and I think. It's the same. It's that it's Robert funny. Response to it. It's funny because I secretly hate that question. <laughs> it, it's it. Um, I average, let's say, thirty to fifty one-on-one appointments with realtors every month, and that is single-handedly probably the one question I get on almost every appointment. Uh, because because I you know I sit down and I audit right I do a business audit with my realtors it's a coaching session so the first question I ask um, or or I ask how do you manage your database walk me through how you manage your database like oh well I don't really have a database in fact that's one of the reasons why we're meeting um, you know what's your favorite CRM and the question I'll, I'll tell you why I hate that question in a second but. The reason I, um, what I throw back at them, and it's the same question that I get when somebody asks, um, I want to run Facebook ads. I need leads, so I want to run Facebook ads. What I throw back at them is I say, well, what's your budget? What's your budget and how many people do you have in your database? Because if somebody says, oh, well, I don't really want to spend a lot of money, then I'm I'm not going to show you the good CRMs. And if you tell me that I don't really have a database, I'm starting from zero, then then that wipes the slate clean on 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 a lot of the CRMs that I, you know I would probably recommend for a power user, right? For somebody that has you know generates a few hundred leads a month, maybe they have a couple buyers agents that they want to you know outsource leads to, et cetera, et cetera. So so the reason I I kind of hate this question, and it's. It's kind of funny. What I tell people is pick your systems and stick to them. So I'm all for embracing new apps, new technology, new CRMs, new websites. However, you'll never become great at using the tools if you're constantly changing them. So you'll never become great or you'll never become effective at wrangling your database if you're constantly changing CRMs because, oh, I heard that one's better. 
So what I would say and what I would argue is you got to commit to utilizing certain key programs. Mm-hmm. One of them is your CRM. The other one is uh, maybe it's ads or whatever. And then, and then just work on invest, work on or invest time on improving your skills within those systems. So I don't think, for example, if you bought uh, like KV Core and you were paying to generate leads through KV Core and you didn't close any, and so then you went to Commissions Inc. and you paid money to generate leads there and you didn't close any, and then you went over to Real Geeks and you paid money and you know you generated leads there and you didn't close any. The question shouldn't be, you know, where can I find better leads? The question is, is I don't think you have a lead problem. You have a coaching problem. And, and we need to improve on uh, building or developing your skill set to be able to engage and nurture those leads so that you can, you know, improve your conversion. Well, you've opened a whole can of worms there. So <laughs> we've, got about five, we've got about five minutes before we've got to go for our break. But um, the whole thing is, uh, I think there's different CRMs for different types of agents at different type times in their career in different scenarios. Yep. You know, Melwright has a basic CRM. I, I was in two minds for us to go down that road. You know, we were initially just going to have an APR that integrated with some of the leading ones, which is has its own hassles anyway. <laughs> but in the end, we decided just to build, because fundamentally, I think it came from, I don't know who said it to me, it was another experienced trainer that said to me, the best CRM is the one that the agent uses. <laughs> uh, um, yep. uh, um, but I think when it comes to leads, let's start with leads. Um, I, I think that is the problem, because what I know is an internet lead. I've really got to confirm with the agent that I'm talking to, do they cons- do they understand what an internet lead is and isn't? And what I mean by that, Ricardo, is the internet lead in no shape or form is, is, can be compared to somebody in your local community recommended recommending somebody that they have a close personal relationship to you. Oh, 100%. 100%. (laughs) And um, a lot of agents, they actually, if they've they've never been involved in in the purchase or the utilisation of internet leads, they really struggle what they're actually buying into First of all, would you agree with that? And secondly, got any insights about that? Yeah. So the, you know, the the reason I always ask my if we're doing a coaching session, I always ask, you know, where do where's your database? How do you manage it? Because having a good sort of past client experience, so that you're nurturing that lead or you're nurturing that relationship, even after the transaction closes that's going to be the highest and best use of your time. If you work on establishing a better post-close follow-up process and, and sort of enhancing that experience, you're going to get more repeat and referral business. And getting more repeat and referral business, that's just low-hanging fruit. You're, you're going to, your chances of closing a referral from somebody, that's, that's like uh, 
taking a layup in basketball, to use an analogy, versus an online lead. That's like taking a, a, a three-point shot with a game on the line and two defenders covering you. It requires a lot more uh, practice, skill, and a whole lot of other things. When it comes to online leads, we call those people uh, button pushers and form fillers. They're not just converting on your ad or on your website. They're converting on about a dozen other ads and websites. So the name of the game really is to be aggressive, number one, um, but to find kind of a balance between, you know, am I being persistent or am I being pestering? Because you don't want to be pestering. Remember, they're converting on about a dozen other websites. And then the name of the game is uh, long-term consistency because a lot of these leads are early entry buyers or they're just looky-loose sellers. So they're not going to be ready to convert when you want them to convert. And you want them to convert now because, duh, I paid for this lead and I want to sell them something now. But that's not where they are. They, they, like I said, they're early entry. And so it's not reality, is it? But so many agents, they don't understand the fundamental rules, do they? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> and I don't know it's because they've been sold a bill, you know, a lot well, of sure. Pop, sure. Or, we... it's, or they don't want, they don't want to hear about the reality. It may be a mixture of both, isn't it? it I, I think we get sold easy button. So just buy this thing and you'll close, you know, 10 million in production <laughs> in the first 60 days. Um, I, I, I think that's on the one hand, the bill of goods that were sold. But but yeah, there it's gonna take three to 18 months. Um, consumer direct leads always take three to 18 months. And then depending on the lead source. You know, Facebook ads, I consider interruption marketing. So those people are usually very early entry. Google ads, they're a little more problem aware. They're, they're looking for something very specific. That's the person Googling, you know, two bed, uh, three bed, two story house in Costa Mesa with one bed, one bath on the first floor. That person is looking for something very specific or a specific type of inventory. That person's not on Facebook <laughs> clicking on an ad trying to buy a house. So, so you're going to convert your Google leads faster than you will your Facebook leads. But it's a, it's a game. It's a, it's, it's a grind. <laughs> um, uh, somebody, I, I forget where I heard it. And, and this is a, a simplified version of it or an overly simplified version of it. But, you know, real estate is simple. It's meet people uh, or talk to people, nurture the relationship, and then close the sale. Meet people, nurture the relationship, close the sale. We, we often skip number two. We meet people or we talk to people and we want to close the, we want to close the sale. We forget to invest time in nurturing the relationship. And that's where, that's where the CRM comes in. Yeah. Um, we're going to go for a break. We'll be back in a few moments. Awesome. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy-to-use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. We're coming back. I'm all with my own listeners. No, you know, he's uh, Robert has left me now. He's um he's gone to have his vaccination and he he predicted that he would feel pretty rough after it and he does. So he but at least he's been vaccinated, you know, he won't go down with this terrible COVID 
and I have as well. Um, so I'm joyous as well. The prospect of going down with that wasn't a fantastic prospect. No, got a returning guest. We've got Ricardo with us. Um, got a great podcast, Ricardo. Um, we have all the links in the show notes, but you want to listen to his podcast. You've got one of the better podcasts. <laughs> Obviously, not as good as Bell Right, but uh, uh, very important. You Wait, do a really where, excellent job. Where are you at? You're at uh, 200 episodes? We're up to 288. That's awesome. Been, well, I, I forget. I wouldn't would listen to the first 50, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a bit rough, to say the least. <laughs> That's how um, I feel right now. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're you're doing a good job. Um, Now, so before we went for our break, um, we were discussing what is a lead, and a lot of agents don't understand the reality of internet leads, and that's partly due to people like me at MailRite, but I think I've done my best when I have my consultation with possible clients not to over-inflate what Millwright can do for them. Um, so I think it's partly those that are selling similar products to Millwright and also um, lack of knowledge from the agents as well. Um, but let's get back. To, I definitely, so I definitely think there's different CRM systems um, you you got you got systems like Line Desk that try and be everything to everybody. Um, great value, but I think maybe could be criticised because of a lack of they're trying to do almost everything. Um, so then you got go on, no, go, go ahead. And then you got um, some very established um, ones that um, probably their interfaces aren't the easiest to use. Then you've got um, you've got systems like Follow Up Boss, which are superb. I would say in UX design and in general functionality and power. Follow-up bosses one and Boomtown maybe Boomtown follow-up boss um, are some of the most powerful, but not really aimed at the single agent in my mind or the agent couple or agent that might have a couple buyer agents. To me, you need a you literally that that's a, a CRM that's really either with a dedicated agent that that is providing leads to like 10, 15 agents or mm-hmm. brokerage level almost tool where MailRite we're we're aimed at the real geek bold lead they are our two main competitor where. We're aimed at the single agent, at the power couple, or agent that might have a buyer, junior agent working for them. Would you agree that you really got to split the market up dependent on where the agent is? Do you agree how <laughs> yeah, I am yeah. breaking it up, or do you think? Yeah, I'm and off? so and so that's the thing, though. I always say. Um, 
I'm I'm a big fan of of kind of getting everything that you can out of what you've already got. And so what I mean by that is utilize the tools that are already being presented to you as either a member benefit through the MLS or that are being offered to you for free from your brokerage. So here oh, in Southern we're going to strongly disagree. Here, <laughs> so I I always say for my agent who's just starting out, you know, doesn't have a big marketing budget, is spending money on a bunch of different tools. I say, you know what, just use LionDesk because it's a member benefit through the MLS. If you're an agent that has a budget, if you're work at a, like an indie brokerage, you have a team. And so it's important to you to round robin leads between you and your team. I always say, you know, go to follow up boss, make the investment, use follow up boss because it's worth the investment. For me, it's, it's, I tell people to stop shopping based on features because you're always going to find a, a CRM that has better features than the last one. So all I really care about is can I automate certain sequences, certain drip sequences. So when a new lead comes in, irrespective of lead source, can I start that lead on a drip campaign? And can I have sort of a, an established set of tasks so that I know that that lead is getting nurtured for the long term and that I know that I'm doing my job of following up with those leads. And most CRMs, they're going to allow you to do that one way or another. They just, they just use different language to basically say the same things. Um, and then broadcast emails. So um, it's, it's having your, your, right now we spend a lot of time sitting down with our agents to craft um, stories or case studies off of the listings that they're closing. Um, and we use those to craft very specific sort of emails that we send to different segments of your database. So most CRMs will allow you to create filtered views uh, for different segments of that database so that you can send, you know, personalized marketing messages to them. So, so really the best practice is, I, I don't think it's so much a function of features, but, you know, are you tagging your leads accordingly? Um, and then are you creating filtered views and segments or are you sending the same message to everyone? If you're sending the same message to everyone, um, that's where you're going to get some some unsubscribes. If I'm someone in your database and someone in, in your list, I'm looking for a starter townhouse or condo and you're sending me, you know, $3 million listings. Yeah, that's nice eye candy, but that doesn't relate to me and the experience that you're crafting is, is one that says this agent doesn't care about me or doesn't care to know that, you know, I don't care about that listing. Um, so I'm going to go with, you know, I'm going to go chase that listing down or, or the property search down somewhere else. So, so uh, I think it's, I think it's organize your database, segment your database, do a good job of constantly updating your database and then, you know, um, take stock of your lead sources and set up your automations or your drip campaigns to, to those mm. different lead sources. I would say that, Mel, right, you know, I actually, I, would, I think when it comes to that, you, you're best to be looking at using, utilising maybe the C CRM that your agent, your brokerage provides, because KV Core has been very aggressive with the packaging, um, the discounting and the outreach they've been doing to brokerages, na national chains and independents, haven't they? Um, I've they've been quite aggressive, um, and it's a great system. But um, I think also you've got to understand that obviously um, you are in partnership with your broker, 
Um, it's always been an up, up and down relationship. <laughs> I'm not here to bash brokerages, unlike, um, you know, Grant Wise was notorious. He still is with the way um, he uh, attacked brokerages. Uh, I've never wanted to go down that road. Um, but on the other hand, I think you've got to face the realities of the relationship that if you're relying totally on a broker tool, they, in your agreement, because they're providing that tool, they have total access to your database. So if you leave that brokerage, they've got the total right to market, have access to market to that database, don't they? Mm-hmm. How do you, um, what's your thoughts about what I've just said there? So we always, if you're using a CRM that's powered by your brokerage, uh, we always recommend having a backup of that database. So if you're running ads, for example, Facebook ads, uh, we use Zapier to get the leads out of Facebook into your CRM, but then we always create a um, Google spreadsheet. So we add that lead to a new uh a new row in your spreadsheet so that you always have a living, breathing document of all of the leads that you've generated from all of your lead sources. Because uh, I've consulted for brokerages. Um, we rolled out Boomtown for all of our agents uh, at one of our brokerages, so 2,000 Boomtown websites across 26 offices in 22 states. And yeah, it's protocol. Uh, the second you say... <laughs> I'm, I'm having thoughts of leaving. Uh, you shut down the account and you restrict access so that you don't have access to those leads. And those leads get reassigned either to another agent or they get you know, assigned to the office um, and redistributed. So, so you're playing in somebody else's sandbox and that's generally speaking, a, you know, not good. <laughs> um, I would always like, you should always own your website. You should always own your content. You should always own your data. And what I mean, in this I case, I think we've got to be realistic here. I, I also feel that you're right. You were right to point out we've got to be realistic. I totally agree with the things I would do because I got mail right. But I, but I think I still have rash. I wouldn't just say that because people would just think I'm a bullshitter. <laughs> um, um, I do honestly believe that anyway. Um, but on the other hand, if you're if you're really starting out and you've got no money um, and you're, you're struggling to put food on the table, just go with, the, like what you say, just go with the brokerage tools that you're probably paying for anyway in your mm. brokerage fees. But on the other hand, when you get a bit more in a better situation financially... I think depending on the agent tools probably isn't the best way to go because um, it's a bit like the website, isn't it? You know, almost yeah. every brokerage provides some form of agent, a one-page or a very generic agent website and... I think in 2021, that, that's kind of semi-bonkers, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, very, very much so. Um, I wonder if you are, if, are you okay in staying with us for another 10 minutes for bonus content? Yep. Uh, I want to talk, I want to talk about, 
the importance of having your own website and get, get your views on that. So we're going to, the 30 minutes has just flown, flown actually. Um, <laughs> I thought, I, I've, I've tried not to be too wandering in my questions, listeners <clears throat> and viewers. Um, but we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show and we're going to go on to bonus content which you'll be able to view on the mailwright.com YouTube channel and also on the Mailwright website with a full transcription of the interview and all the links. So, Ricardo, what's the best way of people to find out more about you, what you're up to, and your latest opinions and views <laughs> about real estate? And, and rantings. Uh, the easiest place to do that is ricardobueno.com. Um, I have a weekly newsletter. I, I share, you know, once a week tutorials, um, videos, uh, webinars, things of that sort. And then I have a weekly podcast. I basically, I interview other uh, technology providers in our industry, but also agents, uh, top producing agents in our market to find out what it is, you know, their, what's their magic or what's their secret sauce. What is it that they're doing in their market that's working for them right now? Um, but yeah, you guys can find that more over at ricardobueno.com. I would highly recommend it. I think it's one of the, obviously not as good as Mel Riot, but <laughs> almost. Uh, but I bias listeners of yours. One can <laughs> dream. Yes. <laughs> God. Uh, um, we'll be back. Um, hopefully Robert will be back next week. We've got another fantastic guest booked. Um, and we'll have another great discussion. But remember, go over to the YouTube channel and watch the bonus content. We're going to be talking about websites. We'll be back next week. See you soon, folks. Bye. Bye.